This morning, we are going to uh, wrap up our series on how God creates champions. How God creates champions. We have walked through the process. We've talked about what a champion is and how their mentality of not quitting, finishing, uh, everything we talked about through the first intro. And then the last two weeks, we began the process of understanding how does God actually build champions? How does it take place? We use the illustration of David and Joseph and Paul as kind of people that could have been anybody we could have picked in the Bible because they all go through the same process. They all first are given specific gifts, talents, abilities. Every one of us that was born, we studied the first time, was that God gives us our traits. Every one of you in this room has traits. You may be an introvert, an extrovert. You may be, and, and, and some of those traits are exciting and some of those traits are frustrating. He has given us good qualities, and He's given us some qualities we wish we could swap with people. We, it's, it's just part of being who you are when He designed you. He told Jeremiah, I knew you when I formed you in your mother's womb. It's God who created you, that gave you your gifts, gave you, even allowed some of your weaknesses to be in your life. So, so in this, we have the natural traits that He's given us. And then when we talk about the Christian life, now we're talking about the Holy Spirit that comes into our life, that gives us the fruit of the Spirit, that adds even more traits into our life. He gives even more gifts, allowing us to minister, sometimes through healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, all different types. There's nearly 30-something other gifts that the Spirit can use and bring upon your life to do ministry. So all of these gifts that He's given along with the weaknesses, we learn that first, God has designed us. Secondly... He takes all that He's given us and all that He wants us to be, and He gives us a backstory. Every one of us in this room has a story. Everybody in here has a story to tell of what they went through, what they had to endure, what they overcame, things that were against them, enemies they had to fight, different. Everybody's got a backstory. And so God designed that just like He did for David and just like He did for. Joseph and everybody else. <clears throat> and today, we need to come to the final part of this understanding, how God creates it. So He's given me my backstory, my history. He's given me my abilities. He's given me weaknesses I have to guard against, protect against. So now God comes along and He says, now what I'm ultimately using all of this for, what I'm ultimately creating all of this for is to eventually create the champion's image. Look at the person beside you and say, what is your image? What is your image? If I told you to tell me what Captain America looked like, what would you say? Oh, he's got this big star on his chest, and he's got the shield, and he's got... Why? Because he has an image. If I said the Incredible Hulk, he's big and green, and... If I was to say a Christian... What would he look like? What would she look like? See, God has, in just like, just like when superheroes are being created and designed, God says, I also started the process with an image in mind. I started the process with an image of the person that I wanted you to be. So let me put it to you this way. When God is designing his champion's image, he, number one, he's choosing the gender, your body type, 
He's choosing who you are and, and, and the person that you are. In other words, when I look at myself, and I, I pick a lot of times about this, that, that I'm just one good-looking dude. Okay, if I was to be enter some contest, I wouldn't win no best-looking contest. But the fact is, that's not, that's not where I'm getting my image from. I'm getting my image from the fact that God didn't make a mistake, that God didn't make junk, that I'm okay just the way I am. Maybe I've got less hair than somebody. Maybe, maybe I'm not as smart as somebody. Maybe I'm this or that. But it doesn't matter. I was created in the image that God designed. And God said that, Tim, when I was looking for someone and designing someone to accomplish what I needed you to accomplish, I didn't make any mistakes. I didn't make any, any failures in you. You are exactly what you need to be. Quit letting somebody else or something else or some other judgment tell you that you're okay or you're not okay. My daughter, a few times in her life, has, has wanted to be in a beauty contest or something like that, and I've always told her the same thing. And we start off with the same question. I said, look at me. And, and she's, like, she's like, I know. And I said, are you beautiful? And, and she said, yes, I'm drop-dead beautiful. I said, good. I said, because I don't need no people sitting at no table telling me whether you're beautiful or not. I don't need somebody telling me you're okay. I want you to already know you're okay. And whatever they decide and whatever they come up with, that's their own opinion. But the fact is, is that me, you, and God, we done figured it out. You are beautiful, drop-dead gorgeous, so we ain't got no problems. And, and that sounds so strange, but, but if you don't have that kind of image that God has given you, then you're always going to go to Facebook hoping somebody tells you you're okay. You're always going to go to school hoping somebody tells you you're okay. You're going to need a boyfriend to say you're okay or a girlfriend to say you're okay. You're going to need a job to say you're okay. You're going to need something that lets you know I'm okay. But if God is the one who's told you you're okay, then you can be like Joseph in prison and still be okay. You can be in Potiphar's house as a prisoner and still be okay. You can be David and be picked on by your brothers and still be okay. Your dad may leave you out at the party, but it's okay. You're okay. You know why? Because you may be Paul stuck in a prison one night, but it's okay. I'm all right. I'll just sing anyway because God didn't make no junk. And I, if I'm supposed to be here, I'll be here. And if I'm not, I'm coming out. Why? Because... You have a self-image that comes from God, and that as a Christian, if I tell you to close your eyes and tell me what a Christian looks like, then you have to be able to do that. Listen, he designed the costumes for a champion. Just like I told you, Spider-Man has a costume, and Batman has a costume. <coughs> if I tell you to close your eyes and shh, tell me what a Christian dresses like? What do they look like? Well, I close my eyes, I probably don't see some plastic shorts with sweetie written on the back of them. And I'm thinking, well, that's a good representation of Jesus. There's an image, even to the down to what you, because even with your superhero, even with your champion, there's a certain way of dress. There's a certain mindset of how you carry yourself. That doesn't mean you got to wear a three-piece suit every single day and try to impress people. But what it does mean is there's a certain level of everything that you do in carrying yourself to represent the person that you are and the person that you're supposed to be. 
And we live in a, even in our church society, it's so sad now. I grew up where people would fall out and pray in tongues and this would happen and that would happen. Now we, we, we have special people designed that we've created. I, I, I didn't know this was even possible, but we've created towel holders now. And, 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 you know, because now if somebody falls out, you don't know if their dress is long enough for them to raise their hands and actually fall out. So you got to have somebody that puts a towel over the, over their legs when they fall. I'm thinking, look, if that person got that much of an issue, I seriously doubt they're getting a whole lot from on the floor. I hate to break it to you. Because if they looked in their closet this morning and thought, you know, that is a godly way to dress, that I got to... And don't get me wrong, guys are just as bad. Wearing T-shirts that's got all kind of junk written on it and stuff that you're like a walking billboard for the world. So in our lives, God says, I'm designing champions. And I want you to have a certain image so that when you go out, you represent and people take serious who you are. Let me see if I can say it this way. We decide then whether or not we want to be a champion of a team or have a sidekick, or that's the one part God doesn't always decide for us. Go with me in your Bibles to Ephesians 4, and let me show it to you in Scripture how the Apostle Paul would, would write this. Ephesians 4, verses 17 through 24. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanliness with greedy, uh, greediness, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Listen, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to this deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true what? Righteousness and holiness. This was the Apostle Paul. This is him writing to the Corinthian church. He says, listen to me. This is, this is what you need to get if you're going to be the Christian or the person God wants you to be. If you're going to represent him and you're going to be this champion that he's called you to be. It's, it's not enough just to call yourself a champion. It's not enough just to say, I've done something. It is how you're able to carry yourself on a day-to-day -day basis that allows you to be that. It, years ago, they had a movie in the year 2000. I don't know if you ever watched it. Anybody ever watched the movie, The Family Man with Nicolas Cage? It's, it's just a, like a Christmas movie. And, uh, him and, uh, Tia Leon are, are on it. And what basically it is, is, is he is, Nicholas Cage is this guy who is just a partier. I mean, he is a young party guy. He's not married. He's not, he's living life. He's just a bachelor, man. He's got life. And 
in the the story, he ends up going through a situation that somehow throws his life into a different timeline. And I'm not going to break down everything that happens, but basically he breaks up a robbery or different things, and he wakes up the next morning, and he's, he's next to Tia Leon. And they've been married, and they got kids. And he had an alternate life that he didn't know about it, that basically, and the whole story is the conflict between, between him trying to decide whether he wants to go back to that lifestyle of just being single and just do my own thing and live my own life, or now he has a family, and he has this wife that adores him, and he has, and he has to make a decision whether he wants to be what he was or what he could be. And that's what the story's about. But what was funny to me was when Nicolas Cage was, was interviewed about the movie. <coughs> when Nicolas Cage was interviewed about the movie, here, here's what he said. He said, he basically says... Either life was great. The man just had to pick which one was right for him. In other words, as long as you're happy, you're doing great. Whether you're living as a family man or self-indulgent, money-grubbing, sexual-holic. That's the way of the vile. The unbelieving culture around us. One writer puts it this way. Our culture believes that your happiness is the most important thing in the world. So if you want to ruin your marriage because of pornography, good for you. If you want to mess around before marriage, good for you. If you want to sit around all day and watch worthless shows while the world turns, good for you. If you don the religious mask on on Sunday but live the way you want to the rest of the week, that's fine. Inconsistency is fine so long as it makes you happy. Because the ultimate goal is to be happy, right? That's all we really want is to be happy. If, If you want to retire from serving God and others when you retire from work one day, great. If you want to uh, max out your credit cards or, or, or new, for new clothes and DVDs and, 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 and that's fine. Go ahead. If you want to spend all your time playing games and warming bar stools while your children grow up without you, go right ahead. It's your life. Do what you want to do. If you want to sleep around, get pregnant, and decide to murder the baby a month or two later, that's fine. Whatever's good for you. I mean, that's the world we live in, isn't it? As long as you're happy, it really doesn't matter. I mean, we applaud that all the time. If you, if you leave your last lover to go find a new one, good for you. You're found new love. I mean, isn't that that the way it's supposed to be? We just keep finding new love? As long as you're happy, then that's the world we live in. Because we're all just trying to find happiness. No matter who we hurt along the way, no matter what we have to do along the way. And that's what Nicolas Cage says. He says, it wasn't a bad choice either way. The man could have chose either one. It's just whatever was right for him. That's why we can put 30 people on a TV show kissing one woman and try to figure out which one she loves and call it normal. See, I'm in the hot tub with him tonight. I'm in the bed with him tomorrow. And we watch it and we think, which one she going to pick? The fact that you watch it even wondering tells a lot about you. 
Because that's the world. It's long. What we're willing to do is everybody's just looking for happiness. When God says, what I'm doing is I'm trying to raise somebody and have somebody who has character. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to raise somebody to realize that you are different. Look at the person beside you and say, are you different? Ultimately, that's the ultimate thing. That's what Paul says. That's what Paul is trying to relate to them. He says, do you not understand that you are different? You can't do what everybody else does. Champions don't think like everybody else thinks. Champions don't act like everybody else acts. And to be a champion, you're going to have to accept the fact that you are different. That You know, that's the hardest thing of all the things about serving the Lord. And for anybody that's ever done it for any length of time understands what I'm saying. Most people don't do it. They see people who do do it, and they just wish they had it. It's like, boy, I wish I was Pastor Lot. I wish, I wish I could do what he... I w-. You've never done it, but you like how it turns out. Man, I wish I had that. But you've never done it, and you don't realize the cost to accomplish it. The, the cost to be married for nearly 30 years to raise three children, to not give up, to not quit. The cost to, to finish. L- let me show it to you in, in Bible. Let's go through some scriptures and see if this will make sense to you in a better way. Because what God is looking for are people who realize that I'm different. Do you realize David was different? He's just different. Joseph, just a different cat. Didn't matter if you put him wherever you put him. In Egypt, wherever. He was going up. Paul, different cat. Didn't matter where you stuck him. He was was just going to stick out. And as a Christian, as a champion, God is looking for those who says, I'm willing to be different. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. I'm going to walk through some scriptures and just show you this morning a little bit of what I'm talking about. <coughs> and I'm trying to stay calm all at the same time. Is that okay? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. Different. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become different. That is, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and has given us then the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them as has committed to us the the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. 
we implore you on Christ's behalf to reconcile to God. Notice, different. Not only have you changed who you are, but it's changed the way you carry yourself. It's your responsibility. You are now an ambassador, which is the highest ranking person of anyone that goes to a foreign country. If I'm an ambassador of the United States, then I represent all the power of the United States. And wherever I walk, wherever I go, I take the United States with me. For them to injure or hurt or do anything to an ambassador is the same as doing it on this land. In fact, they set up embassies, which is a small section of land that's considered the United States, just like in Afghanistan here shortly, just a while back. I know they're going through all that turmoil. But where they had their embassy, that piece of land, you better not attack that piece of land. Because it comes with a full weight that that is the United States property. You have allowed us to set up property on your proper, on your land. And now I'm an ambassador representing God as we look at it in this term. I am a representative just like Jesus was a representative. And Jesus was sent to earth to represent the Father. He said, also now you who have been changed are a representative of heaven. And you are an ambassador to the kingdom of God. That's who you are. Go with me in your Bibles to John 7 and 29. (coughs) Jesus said it this way, But I know him, for I am from him, and he... See, Jesus had no problem with his identity. The reason Jesus could do what he did and the reason Jesus carried himself the way he carried himself is because he did not have a problem with who he was, his identity. Our struggle will come when we as people are not sure who we are or who we're supposed to be. In the Marvel comics, that's always the big thing. (coughs) Hulk is, I love the Hulk. But the whole story of the Hulk is there is this scientist who's trying desperately to come up with a cure to kill the Hulk. That's the whole storyline. He's he's trying desperately to go back to a normal life, to live a normal life. But inside of him is this incredible creature who is the Hulk. And, And when he gets angry, you don't want to make me angry. Why? Because I turn into the Hulk. In fact, most of your superheroes, what makes it fun is that every one of them in their own way, Spider-Man wants to be a normal boy. Batman wants a normal life. Anybody ever watch any of the comics and movies? Yeah. What's their struggle? They want to be normal. Let me tell you, the greatest struggle a Christian will ever go through, it is your desire to be normal when you can't. I live every day of my life and, and I have to crucify it all the time. In fact, me and God, over this COVID, we've had one of our serious set-downs. It's always bad when He's got me where I can't go nowhere. And I can't do other things to keep my mind off of Him. And I say that in the, in the, in the best way. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? You get so busy, it's like, God, we're we doing it, God, we're doing it. And God's like, if I ever get you to slow down, we're going to talk. And over the last week, God slowed me down. And he said, let's talk. There's some things I want you to quit doing. There's some things I need you to stop. And I'm like, God is... But see, inside of me is this desire to be normal. Can I just be a, just brutally honest? I'll tell you what it is. Because I'm, I'm, I try to be transparent with you guys. I have said over and over lately, you know, in the next five years, six years, ten years, whatever... You know, as I retire, as I kind of slow down, as I transition out, as I, as I, well, see, in my mind, what I'm fighting to do is I want to go back to be normal. My, my desire is one day, I don't have to worry about y'all. I don't have to, I don't have to stay up at night praying for y'all. That may, that may, oh, Pastor Law, what would you do not worrying about us all the time? I don't know, but I, I've wondered about it lately. And some of my fantasies have not been just really making me angry. I'm like, that sounds pretty fun. I say, just, just go fishing, not worry about it. I just show up to church like everybody else, maybe 15 minutes late, maybe show up just for preaching. I don't know. That has to be cool. So I have this, I start looking up on the Internet and houseboats. Boats. Fishing, yes. Lakes, front houses. In fact, yesterday the other day, when me and God were having this wrestling match, I got up, I didn't feel good, so I just, I just wanted to go drive. I'm just being brutally honest. It's, it's just, because the desire of every hero is to be normal. So I'm, I'm not feeling good. I, I don't want to lay in the bed. It's like, get up, get going, come on. So I get in the truck, so I, dr I drive, and I know exactly where I want to go because I've been looking on the Internet at different things. It's like, I know where you want me to go, God. So there's this place, I don't know if you know about Lake Edens. It's, it's way down, you know, down below Meridian. It's, it's this big bass lake they built years ago. This famous bass guy built it, and, and, and they got houses for sale and different things like that, and like little, little cabins that you can, and, and the, the cabins are like right on the water and everything, and I'm thinking, yeah, that's it. So I start driving down there, and me and God, you know, we just, yeah. And so I get down there. Of course, when I realize I get down there, it's a gated community. You can't get in. So I've drove all that way. Can't get in. So I end up getting back in the truck, you know, driving home. And God's like, you idiot. You just, you're just the biggest idiot. I'm thinking, I'm your idiot. But in my life, I don't know if you ever fight. I mean, can't life just be normal? Isn't that what we're always fighting for? Can't the kids just be, can't the kids just be calm and quiet? Can't, can't work just, just be normal? Can't we just have a normal life? Can't we just, and here you are a superhero and you're craving normal.
You were designed to change a world. You were designed to, to fix it all. You were designed and built by God to, to carry an anointing and do all of this, to be this head, to be not the tail, to be conqueror, victor, all of this. And God, at the same time, I'm like, can't we just be normal? Don't you think David many times in his life was like, can't I just have a normal life? Joseph, can't we just have a normal See, that's, that's the, the biggest battle that every one of you in this room will have to face because God is in the process of making you super, a champion. And all the time inside of you is this part that's always crying out, can't we just be normal? See, go with me to Genesis 1 and 26 and 7. I'll show it to you. Then God said, let us make man in our Image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, (coughs) over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You get it? God says, I have an image that I want you to be. I've created you in an image. You are an ambassador of mine. Go with me to 2 Corinthians 3, 15 through 18. (coughs) But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the what? The moment you turn to the Lord... The veil that's over your heart that makes you think you're just going to be normal or average or just like everybody else, it's ripped away. And the, what is left there is the understanding that I was never born to be normal. I, I use this funny illustration all the time when people come. I said, you messed up, many of you, when you came to all seasons. I said, because up until now, you could do what you wanted to do and it didn't bother you. But now when you go drink or you go do something with your buddies or you go hang out and go on vacation with somebody you don't need to, it bothers you. You know why? It's because the veil got ripped away. Before you were blind, you were dumb and ignorant. But now you ain't blind, dumb, or ignorant. You're just doing something you know you're not supposed to. And that's what Paul says. Listen, it's, it's Tim Lott's version of Paul's writings. So nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. But we all, with unveiled faces, behold as it was a mirror, the glory of the Lord. And our being now, what? See, the moment you rip that veil away, you're messed up. That's the reason why I go to Lake Edens. It doesn't matter if I'm dry. It doesn't matter how much I tell God's like, I'm, I'm in a process, Tim. I'm trying to transform you. I ain't trying to get fishing in you. I'm trying to get fishing out of you. I ain't trying to get retirement into you. I'm trying to get retirement out of you. I'm like, God, this is no fun. He said, but we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as it were a mirror, the glory of the, are being transformed into the same, what? Here's God's goal. He wants you to look like Jesus. He wants you to talk like Jesus. He wants you to act like Jesus. He wants you to think like Jesus. And I'm thinking, Jesus didn't have a good retirement. He died. 
Jesus' retirement was really, really not that good. He had no 401k. Foxes have holes. Birds have nests. But the Son of Man don't have a place to lay his head. I'm like, that's not good. God says, but I'm trying to create an image of a champion. Yes, to the world, he didn't have a 401k. He didn't have a retirement. He didn't have a lake house. He didn't have, but he was a champion. And Tim, what I'm trying to do in your life is I'm trying to get you to realize if you don't achieve any of those things or if you make it one day, great. But the fact is, what I want you to be at the end is a champion. What's more important? Living by yourself at a lake house or dying working for your family and having a great family and a great wife and a great kid? Which one would you rather have? I'd just rather die knowing I left the right legacy. That's a champion. And the world has few champions. In our day and age, champions are hard to come by. They don't get bragged on on TV. They don't get made TV shows about. They aren't built up. They aren't put on commercials. But what the world longs for more than anything else is a champion. Transformed in the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Go with me to Romans, Romans 8 and 29. Or go Second Corinthians 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. We'll go a little further. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. This is the battle of the world. This is the battle that we have every day with the world. The battle is simply, the world says, can't you just let us stay blind and tell us it's going to be okay? That's all the world wants. Can, can't we just stay blind and you tell us it's going to be okay? That, that if, we, if we do abortions, it's going to be okay. That, that if we, we, we leave our families, because isn't that what you hear? When people get divorced, they break up now, they'll say, well, you know, it's probably better for our kids if we do this, probably better. What idiot told you that? That's never better. Every study they do says that Children are raised better inside of the home of a mother and a father. We try every way we can. Hey, tell us it'll be okay. We, we're two women who are going to get married. Can't physically do anything because God put a lot of blockers on that problem. But we want to have kids. So me and her, we're going to have a child together. No, you're not. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but somebody, some guy somewhere... You may not know him, don't know where he came from, but some guy donated some parts there. Because Louise and Susie didn't have a kid. There's a Bob somewhere. No, y'all didn't have no kid. One of y'all had a kid. The other's just trying to make it make believe. Well, tell me it's going to be okay. I can't. See, you can be that blind. We were watching, me and Lisa fell out laughing yesterday. We were watching the news. And the news is trying so hard. I mean, it, if you just get your shot, the whole world would be okay. And I don't care if you get it or don't get it. I hope, you know, you do, don't. I, that's up to you. That's a personal opinion. I, I'm not trying to. 
But they were on there and they were sort of trying so hard. They had this guy doing an interview about masks. And they were saying, boy, restaurants are trying so hard now to help people, you know, and not wanting to get shut down. And had this Hispanic uh, restaurant. And, you know, and I thought, well, this ought to be interesting. You know, what are they? What are they? And so they were sitting there and had first interview. Well, I believe whatever they have to do to keep restaurants open and stuff, if mask is what we have to do. Had this big sign, please wear masks in restaurant, please you know, and had it on the door. Boy, they were just doing that interview. And then they showed a picture of everybody in the restaurant. And I hit the floor. Fifteen people at this table eating together, not one mask. Had every booth full of people. No mask, not... I said, so, so, the, so the strategy to save the world is if you'll wear your mask from your car to where you sit down and then when all a hundred of y'all get in the restaurant together, you take your mask off and eat, we'll be okay. I thought, really? Y'all put that on TV and made a, and and did a whole interview on that. And I, and and Lisa, Lisa's shaking her head. She's like, she knows I just rolling. I just finally had, I'm going to bed. I told her, I said, I'm going to, I can't take no more. But that's the whole point. Those whose minds are blinded by the God of this age. Who's the God of this age? Medicine. Medicine's going to fix everything, folks. In fact, even if you don't believe it, we're going to tell you it will, and you're going to make you do it whether you want to or not. That's how much we believe in it. The gods of this world, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. I got a whole different strategy. What is it? I get the shot when God tells me. I got no problem with the shot. When God tells me, Tim, it's time to go get that thing. Then I promise you, I'm going to be first in line. And, I, and I'm not fussing, not fighting. I'm just telling you, I didn't give away my right to who's going to be the God in my life. To nobody. There's only one who reigns and rules in my life. And he sits alone on that throne. And if he says, Tim, here's the way we're going to go, then here's the way we're going to go. If T says, Tim, we ain't buying no land at Lake Eden, then you know what? We ain't doing it. Even if Elise begs me, please, Tim, let's do it. Let's do it. And I'm like, no. No, Elise. Get behind me, Satan. You understand that every one of us in this room were designed to be in one image, and that's His image. And the problem we have right now is, is that the world is trying to pass along the image that it wants. The pastor the other day did a really good job of sharing that, and, and I think at least posted it and stuff. And, but it was just simply Him on there. He said, do you, do you not get it? You're, if, you, if you wear a mask, you ain't got enough faith. If you do wear a mask, you, ain't, you know, you, you, you're scared, you're going to die. If you get the shot, you, you love everybody. If you don't get the, it, it, He said, all it is is a spirit that just wants to divide. All it is is a spirit that says, we just want to divide. And in your life, you're going to have to finally decide who's going to reign and rule, whose image was I made in. Who's going to call the shots in my life? Pull up that next scripture. Let's go to that one. And I'll wrap this thing up. For whom 
he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his... There's that phrase again. Your whole purpose in life is to be conformed in the image of Christ. That is, that is who you're supposed to be. You're supposed to have superpowers with these weaknesses that you have the strength to overcome. You have a backstory and that you represent through the image Jesus Christ. And you do that as the Spirit is transforming your life every single day. That He might be the firstborn of many brethren. Go to the next one. 1 Corinthians 15 and 49. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly... When you were born, you looked like somebody. When you were born, you looked like your mama, your daddy, ain't so-and-so, uncle so-and-so, boy, you look just like... That's what Paul is saying. He said, when you were born... In the natural, you bore the image of something. So why do you think that now that you're spiritually born, you don't bear the image of God? That's just natural. If I'm born of flesh, then I'm going to represent whatever flesh, the dust. But if I'm born in spirit, then guess what? The moment I'm saved, I start looking like, talking like, walking like Jesus. And each day that I go along and I keep growing up, the more I keep hanging around D. Whitlock, the more I kept acting like D. Whitlock, walking like D. Whitlock. And before long, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I know it's so funny because we always pick at each other, but I can see it one day. I, I can see me going to the car, and I'll do it for fun just, just to pick at the kids and stuff now. And I, I'll just get out and I'll start doing this. And then it's like, stop it, Dad. Stop. I said, Oh, about 10 more years from now, I had that stride down. <laughs> Why? Because I'm bearing in the flesh D. Whitlock. I'm also bearing in my spirit Jesus Christ. So it becomes natural for me to want to walk like Him a little more each day. To talk like Him more each day. To be a representative, an ambassador for Him more every single day. Go to the next one. Two more. I'll, show, I'll, show, I'll pass this on. And have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Notice how many times, how many parts of the Bible I've gone to. I'll go to one more. Go with me to 1 John 4. 1 John 4, verses 15 through 17, and I'll close. Thank you for bearing with me today. I'm trying not to cough and not to... So I'm just I'm, I'm keeping it best I can. Here's what the Bible says. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God then all of a sudden does what? Abides in Him. And He in God. So the, the veil's ripped away. This is what he says. And we have known and believed the love of God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. He says, this is, this is how you know. Because you have the old creation has passed away. How do I know that I'm a new creature? That I have love. Love for God, love for others. 
That's the first litmus test that you actually have anything from God. Verse 17. Love then has been perfected among us in this. So how do I know that, that this love that I have, that I'm growing in, has become everything it's supposed to be? This is what he says. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we. How, how do I know that the love that I've started? Because, because you'll see people all the time, and let me just say it this way. The problem with the modern Christian church is this, is that we get to the threshold of love and we think that's the end. Right? Because all you're going to hear people talk about in church is, well, you know, we're supposed to love people. We're not. That's the baby form of our relationship. That's how you know you're in the family is that you have love. That's what he says. And that what he just said, 15 and 16? He says, when you accept Jesus Christ, he comes into you, you come into him, y'all become part, y'all connected, new, new creation. We could go back through all the old scriptures, your new creation, everything, old things have passed away, everything's new, you, you got it going on. All right, everything's good, but here's, here's the problem. Verse 16 says that love is the, is the catalyst that starts off. In other words, you're birthed in love because God is love, and all of a sudden that's it, right? That's where most people stop. But verse 17 comes along and says, now listen to me, love then has been perfected. Love isn't perfected when I can just say I love you. I, 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 you know, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, hey, I, we all make mistakes, I love you. All right, but love is perfected when? That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. When I have grown to the point one day to where I look forward to seeing the Lord, not because He loves me, because I know He'll judge me. And I've reached a place in my life to where I embrace the judgment. I look forward to the day when God one day will judge and will say, Tim, let's see your works. Let's see what you've done. For some people, I just, I just want to get to heaven. You know, God loves me, and He ain't going to let me go to hell. That's, that's the, but for the mature Christian, love is perfected in the fact that I have moved on to where now I am an ambassador, I'm a representative, I'm living a life that I'm not afraid of somebody saying, but what if I was an ambassador, and I looked and, and somebody said, Man, you sin every day. Well, if I was an ambassador for the United States, and I, I said, well, man, you're, you're, you know, you commit treason every, every single day against the United States over here in this country. You cuss out the United States every day. Well, what kind of an ambassador would I be? Would I look forward to going back to the United States and standing before the president and him saying, Tim, Look at all these accusations I got against you, son. No. But if I'm an ambassador and I've done what I'm supposed to do, then I look forward to the day when God says, it's time to come home. And what I long to hear is, I love you, Tim. No. What I long to hear is, well done, thy good and faithful servant. 
You have been faithful over a few things. That's an ambassador. Pull that scripture up and let's finish it. Love then has been perfected among us in that this, that you may have the boldness in the day of judgment because as he is. So Jesus was, how much did he overcome in the world? Everything. So how much are you supposed to overcome in the world? Because as he is, so are you in this world. If he overcame sickness, then I hate to break it to you, I'll overcome sickness. If he overcome whatever problem, temptation, trial, whatever came against him, if he overcame it, then I hate to break it to the old enemy. I'm going to do it too. Because as he is, so am I as a representative of him in this world. He was a champion. Therefore, I was built to be a champion. Will you stand? I hope that makes sense. It's the best I got for today. It's the best I got. But I hope that you understand that when God is creating His champions, and every one of you in this room was called to be a champion, He starts off with all of your gifts and your abilities. He starts off with all your talents and your flaws and your weaknesses. And He says, we're going to walk through that. And we're going to work through that through your backstory. I wouldn't change anything about my story because it took every bit of it to, to strengthen the parts that needed to be strengthened and to cut loose some of the parts that needed to be cut loose. It took the whole journey. I wouldn't change one thing about all seasons, all the years and all the stuff. And I think back over time of, of things we prayed over and chicken houses and just, just Lord, I wouldn't change any of it. It took every bit of it to mold and make me and to see Jesus the way I see Him now. It took all the battles and all the struggles to know that it wouldn't kill me. I'm still standing. And for you in this room, it's the same thing. It's taken the whole journey to make you the champion that you are today. You say, Brother Lott, I'm not everything I want to be. Well, I'm not either. But I'm getting there. I'm a lot further along than I used to be. And I look forward to the journey because the one who has started a good work in me said, Tim, I'll finish it. And the only thing I'm trying to do, Tim, through all I put you through is to make you more like my son. To make you more like Jesus. To talk like Him, think like Him, to embrace the problems that come at your way, just, just face it. Because Jesus stood at the end and He said, I have overcome the world. The Apostle Paul, when he finally passed, he said, I have run my race. I have finished my course. 
I hope with all my heart that when my days finally do come, that I'm able to look upward and I'm able to say, God, I have run my race well. I didn't say perfectly, but I have run well. And I'm not afraid of the judgment that's coming. I welcome the fact that I get to see you and we tally it all up. I hope that I've been the ambassador that you wanted me to be. I look forward to coming home. That's the way a champion should leave this world. Not worried about everything else in this whole crazy world. But knowing my purpose for being here. My purpose for living. And as long as I am living, what I'm trying to accomplish. Will you bow your heads, Father? If there's someone in this room, Lord, we, we've gone through so much chaos in this old world lately. It's easy to forget why we're here. We start thinking that we're here just to try to make ourselves happy. Find some little piece of paradise here. God, that's not our purpose. Our goal is to become champions, to stick out in this old world, to be different. To be different from the way this old world sees everything, the way it handles everything. Father, today, would you just allow the champion that's inside of every one of these people, the champion that you created when you formed them, would you raise it up one more time? Let them push aside like I've had to this week, some of the things that, that want to rise up and just thoughts of like, I just want to be normal. I don't want to fight all the fight. I, 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 just, I just want to be left alone. God, somebody's got to kill the giant. Somebody's got to represent and save the family. Somebody's got to go to the prison and win the jailer. Somebody's got to do it. Father, for what you called us to do, I declare it done. We are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Go give it old devil fits.